This is the Scott Thompson Show podcast. We're broadcasting live from Lister Block, downtown Hamilton, just off of James Street. And reason being, uh, Tourism Hamilton here celebrating uh, their salute to tourism and all of the great industries, offshoot industries uh, and businesses that uh, center around tourism and the great job these people do here to promote our city. Uh, let's bring in Franca Hicks. She is from Dundurn National Historic Site and Daryl McTavish, Program Coordinator, Fieldcote Memorial Park and Museum. Uh, welcome to both of you. Thanks Hello. for coming in. Now, before we get started, let's start with you, Franca. Tell everybody who's never been to your place what it's like. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> you get uh, guided tours and all of our staff, their uh, costumes. So you get not only the history of Hamilton and um, the life of Sir Alan McNabb, but you also get to see um, people in 1850 where in 1850 rooms so you get that mm. true sense of what it was like back then what's the significance of this building in hamilton um well so sir alan McNabb was the premier of the united provinces of canada from 54 to 56 so that's the equivalent to today to being prime minister mm-hmm. so that's a big deal for here in hamilton sure. and he brought all sorts of industry here like the great western railway um he was um big in real estate he was a lawyer politician so he was a He was a big deal in Hamilton. And how did the city end up with this property? Uh, Well, in 1900, they uh, purchased the property after it changed a couple Mm -hmm. of hands here and there. Um, And so in 1900, they opened as a museum. It at that time was uh, known as Hamilton's Attic. So they had, um, it was like a different, uh, they have a, a bunch of different things. They had like a two-headed calf. They mm. had, um, <laughs> eventually they ended up with a zoo there. So it was like a, a museum of oddities at that time. And then eventually, as part of the uh, Centennial Project in 1967, they decided to restore the home back to the grandeur that uh, Sir Alan McNabb had. So big anniversary for you guys this year as big well. Big anniversary yeah. for us. So June 17th marks the 50th anniversary as being open as a historic house museum. And so we're having a full day of events, 12 to 4. We are, uh, the park is free. We have a tons of hands-on activities as well as free tours of the castle and the Hamilton Military Museum, the kitchen garden, mm. um, tons of uh there's a kids dress up station we have learning with lexi who's doing a victorian tea les petit pum is doing um like french lessons on slates it'll be totally fun and then in the evening we have an event called light up the night from 7 to 11. we partnered with hamilton flea and sound box so there'll be a um, maker's marketplace as well as a sound and light show oh very cool and the, that place is known for holding those over the years, too, yes, haven't they? Yes, that yeah. started in 1965, so something? we brought it back for the 50th. And, Daryl, tell us about Field Coat. Well, it's a heritage museum. that It was created in the 1980s by a lady named Doris Farmer, donated her house and seven acres of property mm-hmm. to create a, a museum that would honor Ancaster's history and a permanent green space that couldn't get torn down and built on. So it became uh, like a miniature Gage Park. It's just a yeah. place to go and walk. Well, we have a lot of dog walkers and bird watchers that go through. And uh, the big exhibit right now, we are for our 150, we're telling the story of a particular family that's lived in Ancaster for 150 years. Their last name is Farmer. They weren't farmers, just mm. having their last name. And 
they uh, had this amazing treasure trove of objects that they brought with them from England and photographs of all six generations, and we're just showing their story, Canada through the eyes of one family. But Fieldcoat also mentions Griffin House, which is the home of uh, one of the first black settlers in Ancaster. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's uh, actually free admission every Sunday in July, August, and September. That's the only day it's open right now, but it's a great chance to look at a really uh, 1840s home and look at the life of a family who actually were farmers and uh, were a great part of the community. So the whole 150 celebration, both you guys, have your organizations have uh, embraced all of that. Oh, yes. and. Uh, We've also helped out with the museum. Like we're both going to be at Battlefield House this weekend, mm -hmm. uh, 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 this week because it's their big event is happening. So museums are we're like a big family. We all sort of talk a little bit out. about that. That you know, uh, often in tour, uh, tourism, Hamilton will tell people about all of these and, and promote all of them within. What do they do for you as an organization? Well, Tourism Hamilton, uh, there are eight Hamilton Civic Museums. Um, so we're all owned and run by the city of Hamilton, and Tourism Hamilton really does help us with our promotion, and as a visitor who comes to Hamilton, they help those visitors um, know where to go based on their interests and um, know what's in our area. So if somebody was going to Field Coat, they would also be able to suggest different places in Ancaster to go visit while they're there. People, do, do people realize what a historic city this is? Do they realize the depth in here? I think they're here? sometimes surprised. They're, we've had, you know, people will come and say, I didn't realize, well, there, I didn't realize there's so many waterfalls. I didn't realize yeah. there's so much history. I didn't realize there's so much amazing architecture. So they really, and that's what the Tourism Hamilton does. It promotes everything in Hamilton that's amazing. And you may not think when you're driving by from Toronto to Niagara Falls, oh, why should I stop there? I see all these factories. Yeah. Get past the factories and it's a pretty... Pretty darn nice place. Talk about the steam museum. We were talking about that off air. I haven't been there in years. But oh, it's fantastic. It's something you, you totally forget about. So it's like this. Hamilton's very first uh, water pumping station. Yeah. It was built in 1859, and they are um, there's two 70-ton steam engines. One of them they actually run using an electric motor now yeah. um, when people come to visit on a tour, and they have events throughout the summer. They have a great uh, great rental space um, that actually the uh, uh, Etsy uh, has the makers oh Makeology is mm -hmm. taking advantage they actually I believe it's uh, June 3rd they have an event there mm -hmm. um, so it's a f it's a fantastic place it's a really unique gem for Hamilton do you find more and more people inquiring about museums in Hamilton and just tourism in general as a destination yes because I, of the historic nature of the city yeah and as well as like I find like um, when I work at Dundurn and I get to interact with visitors it's always that they they hear about Dundurn and then you start to suggest other museums and they had no idea that mm -hmm. there are all these other places to visit and that they're you know we're not stuffy boring museums we're really interesting things and we're all well, you know, engaging and interactive you think of museums you think of a time and a place where you weren't there you right. you weren't a part of it the great thing about local history is you can you can relate to it on a different level maybe than you can in this that's right museum. well each museum is really a family so a family a modern family coming in they can learn about the McQuestons at white turn or the yeah. gauges of, of stony creek and they see here's a family that had choices and obstacles and and, and what did they do based on what was available mm -hmm. and and but they ever understand so your mother your father your sister your brother and what would what would your role be like and so a modern family can connect with a family that has long since gone mm. so whether you're a servant working at Dunder Castle's Basin for the rich family above or you're you know you're mm. defending American invaders at Stony Creek you're you're a family that did something 
and a modern family can connect with that. So. Talk about some of the programs that are coming up this summer, specifically around 150. Um, well, so Dundurn has their 50th anniversary, as well as all the museums on July 2nd mm-hmm. um, will be free um, to the public as part of the Hamilton Community Foundation's uh, partnership. Mm-hmm. So um, they have allowed all the museums to be able to open for free for as part of Canada 150. So um, people should visit everybody's website to learn each museum is open at different hours. Have you noticed a, 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 a large increase due to the whole 150 thing? Have you seen more traffic to yes. sites, that sort of thing? Yes. People more interested in what's going well, on? Well, we have, because of course then people are looking in the future, like planning their summer vacation yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So they pop into Dunder and they're like, you know, they learn about our special events or the military's events and other civic museums and they had part of it is they had no idea all this stuff was going on in Hamilton and then they choose, you know, they start to they plan their summer like pretty well every there is some some civic museum every summer mm-hmm. uh, every weekend in the summer is doing something. It seems that the go ahead. I was to say we and we're, we're trying to be really nice that we're playing a special event at one site the other site doesn't take that weekend too so yeah. everyone cooperates and makes sure that you just rotate the fun all the way through. Like Tall Ships coming in is going to be amazing too. Yes. Which is, I've heard about yeah. that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I was going to say, it's not part of the Civic Museum. Don't worry Museums. about it. We've got it later on yeah. in the show. We'll talk about it later <laughs> in the show. Uh, if people want to find out more about what's going on, what's the best method to get a hold? How do we do this? Best is the City of Hamilton website. So it's www.hamilton.ca and then just search Hamilton Civic Museums. There's also a Hamilton Culture page on Facebook, which promotes specific things that are happening. But uh, yeah, yeah. If you're on, there's also Twitter accounts, so you can you can certainly find them yes. pretty fast. And also on the city website, you can also search Canada 150, and there's all the events there uh, as well. It seems in Hamilton sometimes we're battling to uh, progress and preserve the old at the same time. Do you think that discussion's becoming a little easier now uh, that people have it accepted is. this city well, for what it is? Well, we try as much as possible. Like the two go hand in hand. Yeah. You can't move forward without learning yeah. from the past. Mm-hmm. So I think more so as we engage in our visitors and that they learn that things in the past aren't aren't so old yeah <laughs> and the topics are still relevant and you're today si- you're sitting in proof this was a building that at one point everyone wanted to have torn That's down right. and now it's a beautifully yeah. renovated space yeah. we yeah. say we saved some history and made it usable in a different way very good point all right frank hicks has been with us dunder national historic site and daryl mctavish has also been here field coat memorial park and museum uh daryl and frank thank you very much thank, thank you very you. much for coming good luck with the 150 stuff this season Thanks. it looks like you're going to be busy <laughs> yeah. you're listening to the scott thompson show weekdays from noon to three on am 900 chml we are out of the house. Yes, every so often they let us out. Uh, this time down to Lister Block. And what a beautiful day uh, to be in downtown Hamilton. Of course, uh, just off James Street. And this is uh, Tourism Hamilton's support, uh, to, or rather salute to tourism. Highlighting some of the great industries, some of the great businesses that do so much to uh, highlight our city. And of course, uh, bring people to it. Let's bring in uh, the people from Hamilton International Airport, uh, specifically Vijay uh, Batisha, President and CEO of Hamilton International Airport, and Dina Carlucci, Director of Marketing, Hamilton International Airport. Thank you both for being here. Thank, uh, it's thank great you, to Scott. Have you. I'm guessing this is your busy time of year, is yes, it? Yes, it is. We're just getting very busy now for the summer schedule. So what's going on with the summer program? What, what, what sort of uh, uh, destinations well, lots of, have you hit? Lots of growth. Lots of growth. You can go anywhere in Canada almost from Hamilton now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got non-stop flights 
it's uh, just started up WestJet to Vancouver. I can go to Abbotsford and then Calgary, of course, three times a day, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Halifax, and with Air Canada, you can go to Montreal and on to uh, Europe and Shanghai from there. Wow. Uh, for the Vancouver flight also connects to 27 destinations. Beyond Vancouver, you can go as far as Hawaii directly from Hamilton. Uh, what is the advantage to flying out of Hamilton? So the advantage is is largely uh, we're hosting more and more low-cost airlines uh, like New Leaf, and mm -hmm. then other airlines are following suit like WestJet and Air Canada with very competitive airfares. And then on top of that, the low-cost offering continues on with our parking options. For as low as $15 a day, you can park at Hamilton International, and mm -hmm. it's, it's quite the bargain when you compare yeah, it to some really. other airports. And as is two minutes between the parking lot and the terminal. Yes, wow. that's easy access, <laughs> for sure. That's a huge selling feature right there, isn't there? Uh, talk about destinations you're offering this summer. Where are you heading out to this summer? Uh, so as I said, you can go to Abbotsford, you can go to Calgary three times a day, uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Halifax, and Vancouver. Montreal, and Vancouver. And from these destinations, also you can connect to all of interior BC. When people are visiting uh, Hamilton, it's become a lot more convenient to come to Hamilton right in the middle of mm. Niagara and Toronto. So if you do this package of Hamilton, Niagara, Toronto, the best way to come is to come to Hamilton, right? And what does uh, Tourism Hamilton, how does that uh, synergy work with you two? They are actually very good supporters of us, very strong supporters of us. In order to bring people to a city, the one thing that you need in a country like Canada is flights. Yeah. And we make it easy to get to Hamilton. That's really the main selling point. Uh, that helps Tourism Hamilton, that helps us, and that helps the city of Hamilton. Mm -hmm. People are coming. We're bringing at least, like if you look at our traffic today versus the same time last year, we're bringing at least 5,000 to 10,000 extra people every month into Hamilton. They're so you there. are seeing the growth that the rest of the city is seeing as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. We, are, we are up about... Uh, so just for an example, last year at this time, uh, we had about, uh, you know, 100 flights per week. And now we have 150 flights per week. That's mm -hmm. a 50% growth, which probably is the fastest of any airport in Canada. How do you explain that? Is it just a matter of time before this airport took off? Is it is it just a case of people are getting sure. so sick of going the other way and the traffic and the congestion and such? I think the congestion definitely plays in. So the ease of access to our airport is a definite plus. But on top of it all, we're attracting different demographics. We're attra attracting millennials who like the low-cost options. We're attracting retirees who like the ease of access through the airport. Hmm. They don't want to be burdened with, you know, a large airport experience. They'd like a little bit more of a quaint, intimate airport experience, and that's right. what Hamilton International offers. Uh, what does Hamilton International need? I, I, if you had a wish list of, of things that could make it better for you tomorrow, what well, would even, it be? Even more options, even more flight options. Uh, we're growing fast. We are actually, like, you know, we're developing a lot of other things at the airport. Yes. But, um, and we have, we have the facilities. We are open for business. As Toronto gets congested, I think, as they used to say, move west. Mm. And people are moving west. The mm -hmm. flights are moving west. And it's a lot more convenient to go from here. And uh, we have one thing that we would like more is our transit options, of course, right? Mm -hmm. So it's because, as, we, as Dina said, we have a lot of low-cost carrier customers. They are not necessarily taking taxis. They want bus. They want uh, easy public transit. Right. So we're working on that, right? Uh, how difficult is it to attract airlines and flights? I mean, this has been an ongoing issue with this airport. Why is it so difficult? Well, actually, my experience has been uh, 20 years in the airline industry, and uh, we're talking to a lot of airlines. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking at the top levels. So as you can see, we've had results, mm -hmm. very positive results. Vancouver is a daily flight now. 
India Canada started in Montreal last year and they just celebrated their one year anniversary. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's just a question of timing. As you know, we had mm -hmm. the peak in 2003, then the uh, oil prices went up a lot in 2008 yeah. and 2009. So a lot of decisions that airlines make, not necessarily for Hamilton, mm -hmm. they are the economics of the airline yeah. industry. And now that the low cost carrier phenomena is taking off around the world, Hamilton is just at the right place at the right time. And as you've seen our new campaign, we are your low-cost airport. Uh, talk a little bit about this, this summer campaign. So yes, we just launched our new summer campaign uh, middle of April. And uh, we wanted to salute Canada's 150th uh, anniversary. And so we coined the campaign Discover Canada because most of our products this summer are about being Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, the low-cost options we spoke of earlier is what we're highlighting here. Uh, but then later in the winter, we'll resume some additional international flying into the Caribbean, Mexico, and Florida. So we're going to continue to round out the program so it's beyond Canada. Canada. What is, is the summer the biggest travel time or is it during that winter, you know, February, March, April? Era Peak is time? July and August. It is so July. Yes, yes. For, for Canada, as you know, Canada yeah. is a warm country, yeah. cold country and yeah. in the summer, yeah. there are a lot of visitors. So in summer, we have a domestic program that's very strong. Yeah. Right. And then in the winter, of course, we have the Caribbean program yeah. right. that actually creates a peak in February, March, right? But I think we're going to see a buzz this summer with the whole 150 celebration. I was just about and to I ask think you that because there's, yeah, there's stuff there's going on right the way across Canada. Of so course, this yeah. fits in perfect with your it model. It does. It really does. Yeah. yeah. So uh, check out flyhamilton.ca. There's some suggestions there for different things going on across Canada if you choose to fly any of these flights uh, outside of Hamilton. Where do you see the opportunity for this airport? Where do you see the growth in the future? Uh, there's a lot of options still because, you know, we are still not like, you know, even though we have had 100, 150% growth. Uh, there are still markets in, within Canada that are not served. Uh, we're working on more east options, more west options. Is that what the options are? Is serving markets that necessarily the big ones don't service? Is that where the growth is? Well, both. So as you can see, if you look at the largest cities in Canada, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Halifax, they are already all being served, yes. right? So there are mm -hmm. other options now. Uh, market, there's a good market to Kelowna. It's a very yeah. strong market in summer and winter. There's some international opportunities. Why not flights from Europe, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then a lot more Caribbean opportunities. Uh, we are working with our partners to grow Caribbean flights for this coming winter, 17-18. What about the cargo business? Still very strong? Can, uh, Hamilton actually is quite lucky in that way. We are already the largest express cargo airport in the country. Mm -hmm. And as you know, the all-cargo airline, uh, cargo jet, is actually based in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. So we are actually right in the middle of goods movements within the... Uh, within Canada, you can almost like every night around two o'clock, mm -hmm. the non-stop flights to major destinations within Canada, and all the online shopping that people do, yeah, they tend to yeah. actually go through Hamilton, yeah. Yeah. and there's more growth. We just uh, got connections from Frankfurt, from uh, Bogota, from Mexico, so we are now also in the middle of international goods movements through Canada. Is it e is it e easy or a challenge for you to keep that end of the business up while still trying to do this? Uh, no, actually both are complementary. I'll give you an example. There's a passenger airline that flies daily from Halifax to Hamilton and on to Calgary. They, you know, there's a lot of, as you know, lobster market out of Halifax. Mm -hmm. So that we have a cold storage facility here. So if you need to <laughs> store uh, some, you know, sensitive yeah. uh, perishable goods, items, perishable <laughs> items, you can actually use the cargo center that we have that was built just a few years ago and is very busy now, right? What about expansion up there? Is there room for expansion uh, what, for the cargo? What do you well, oh, span, uh, either uh, passenger or cargo? Uh, both. There's both, and they're also ancillary businesses, right? So there's a lot of room for 
expansion as you know like we have a 10000 foot runway mm -hmm. uh, we have a very capable airport so our flights are about you know like we, as we said about 150 a week but this number could go up substantially and we'll still be capable of handling that's it that's my next question you, obviously you've seen a huge increase do you yeah. anticipate that changing or do you think that's a 150 blip or how, how uh, do you well we we are working on more yeah. stay tuned <laughs> obviously with hamilton going through the renaissance that it has that's got to help the hamilton airport as well yes yes, yes. it's yeah. a, it's a great tie in I applaud Hamilton for all it's done and, and what more to come. And Hamilton Airport will be right there uh, alongside. All right, VJ Batisha has been here, President, CEO of Hamilton International Airport, and Dina Carlucci, Director of Marketing Hamilton International Airport. And if people want to find out more, where do we go? Flyhamilton.ca. Thank you very much Thank for you. coming in. Good, up, good luck with the upcoming Thank year. Thank you, Scott. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. We are in the Lister Block. And that, of course, is the home to tourism Hamilton, uh, right downtown, of course, off James Street. It is the salute to tourism, talking to some of the many businesses and industries that uh, work so hard to bring people and the story of Hamilton uh, together. And one of those people that, uh, and one of those organizations that have been doing it for many, many years, uh, Royal Botanical Gardens, Duncan Ross is with us. He is a director of marketing, sales, and visitor services with the RBG and is with us now. Duncan, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks very much, Scott. It's good to be back. It must smell great at your place right now it's absolutely wonderful <laughs> you know the lilacs are still uh, in bloom in the arboretum the irises are just starting to come up and uh, every time i walk through the garden you know you get a new scent a new fragrance can you work at rbg if you have an allergy uh, well <laughs> I, it, it does present some challenges but uh, where there's know, a will you, there's a way uh, where there's a will there's a way uh talk about uh what you've got going on uh, this summer obviously 150 a big part of all of this but uh, talk about your nature connect and what you're working on there yeah we're really excited about this exhibit it's the first time that uh, nature connects which is outdoor art made with lego bricks these are uh, 12 uh, realistic, large, uh, artistic installation and sculptures uh, of everything from uh, a family of mallard ducks to a hummingbird <laughs> to a monarch butterfly. Uh, there's over 300,000 pieces of Lego that are in this exhibit, and it's uh, a great family experience. And uh, this is, uh, as I said, this is the first time that this has been in uh, Canada. So we're uh, expecting to connect with a lot of uh, families this summer. Now, does the Lego fit in well with the wildlife and the nature that's going on uh, there? Well, sometimes it uh, presents a little uh, challenges. You know, uh, the mallard duck family confused some <laughs> regular mallards. <laughs> And, uh, I, you know, uh, uh, the monarch butterflies, which haven't arrived yet, would be uh, stunned to see the size of the yes. uh, Lego mo exactly. monarch Exactly, yeah. Um, talk about some of the summer programming you've got going on, and specifically around the music series. This is a great idea. Yes, our uh, music series at RBG has been growing and growing, and we have an amazing event happening uh, this weekend on Sunday, uh, we are presenting the tenors uh, outdoors nice. uh, uh, at uh, our RBG Center in Henry Park in a space called Mitchell's Field. So we're expecting uh, close to a thousand people to take in uh, these. What a great environment to do this in. Yeah, that's the one thing that uh, uh, music does. Uh, RBG is about how uh, all about uh, getting people to understand how plants connect to people, and mm -hmm. if you can 
bring people outside into a gorgeous natural environment surrounded by plants for music, then we can uh, just introduce them and uh, get them to come back. But uh, no, the Tenors uh, is going to be a great event. We also have our Garden Music Series, which will be releasing the lineup uh, in the next few days. We have 21 performances uh, outdoors in Hendry Park uh, featuring uh, uh, jazz, blues, roots, and mm. country performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the artists that uh, we're going to be telling you about this uh, summer are uh, Juno Award winners, Juno nominated uh, artists, and uh, a lot of great up-and-coming uh, local uh, performers. Uh, these uh, concerts happen on Tuesday and uh Wednesday nights, so it's a great uh, midweek mm, yeah. uh, 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 outing. Escape, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh, how does uh, tourism help uh, tourism Hamilton help you and coordinate this and and get the message out there? Well, we work really closely with uh, uh, tourism Hamilton. Uh, we're a major uh, weddings and corporate event destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, tourism Hamilton is going out and uh, trying to talk to. Uh, businesses and associations about bringing their meetings here. We're bringing the largest conference of uh, its kind in the world of public horticulture uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, June 19th to 23rd, the American Public Gardens Association conference will be happening uh, here, and uh, you know, close to 800 people from uh, you know 13 countries around the world are coming to Hamilton, and we can't make events like this happen yeah. without a strong partnership with Tourism Hamilton. What do people not know about RBG? Uh, you know, you asked me if I'd been there in a while. I was saying, oh, it's been over 10 years since I've been there. W- what's different? Well, how has this place evolved over the years? Uh, people don't really understand the size of RBG. RBG uh, manages uh, over uh, 2,700 acres of uh, natural lands. The entire uh, natural lands around Coots Paradise mm-hmm. is under the stewardship of uh, RBG. We have 27 kilometers of uh, hiking trails. There's so much uh, to see and do and so many different types of programs. We have everything from yoga in the garden to uh, kind of beer festivals to tequila tastings to horticultural therapy. It's uh, uh, a great courses. idea. Talk about the culinary as- aspect of it. You touched on that when we were off air, that there's a whole element there as well. Uh, yeah, we have uh, uh, two uh, restaurants. We have the uh, Greenhouse Cafe in Burlington. We have the uh, Rock Garden Cafe, uh, which uh, last year we opened uh, the Rock Garden after a $20 million uh, renovation. And these uh, restaurants are all about... Uh, providing culinary experiences, focusing on fresh, locally sourced uh, mm-hmm. products. And if people, a lot of people associate RBG with weddings, but it, it, this isn't sort of the typical kind of wedding, would it? I mean, I'm, I'm imagining with uh, the resources and the environment that you have there, you can pretty much create anything you want to create. Uh, we have uh, amazing outdoor spaces for um, weddings and uh, also for wedding photography. We can uh, accommodate weddings as large as 350 people. We have 
tents that are outside. Mm. Uh, some of the wedding photographies, we are literally getting people whose grandparents did their weddings uh, at the Rock Garden when it opened in 1930. Yeah, there must be a tremendous amount of history there. Yeah, no, yeah there that's is. incredible. We had a guy come in from uh, uh, from Kiwanis, Ron Robinson. He's showing us a picture of 100 years ago of their first convention at the Royal Connaught. That'd be the same sort of history with RBG, uh, wouldn't yes, it? Yes. You know, our, uh, we're so uh, uh, enmeshed with uh, the history of the city of Hamilton. You know, we date back to 1930. So. If people want to find out more about RBG, what do we do? Uh, rbg.ca, and uh, there's a great calendar of events of all of our uh, Canada 150 activities. Uh, you can purchase tickets to uh, uh, the tenors concert, and uh, you'll find out more about the Nature Connects, which uh, uh, runs until August 20th. Uh, Duncan Ross has been with us, Director of Marketing, Sales and Visitor Services, Royal Botanical Gardens. Of course, it's the season. Get out, check it out. Duncan, thanks very much for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. We are out of the house, Lister Block, just off James Street, downtown Hamilton. Uh, Tourism Hamilton, it's the, the, their salute to tourism and, of course, uh, honoring all the great businesses and industries that do so much to uh, draw attention to this city and, of course, promote it in any way that they can. Of course, one of the huge events in this city that happens annually, the Around the Bay Road Race. Joining us now is Anna Lewis, race director of Around the Bay and with us now. Thanks for coming in, Anna. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Sienna, part of uh, the race this year. Talk a little bit about that. We were chatting off air about this. It's a great story. Well, for two years, there was construction on the bridge, and uh, behind that was the CN, uh, was CN who uh, was um, redeveloping it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were always uh, speaking to them about timelines. When would it come back? And, uh, of course, through those discussions, I'm always, uh, well, would you like to sponsor? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know what? They they are a great community-minded, a great community-minded company, and so they did feel that um, it was uh, an investment in the community, uh, not only through the construction, but through the sponsorship. What a great idea, though, because here they are just doing their business and fixing what they have to fix within their mm-hmm. lines and such. It, it, you know, it, 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 I guess, impedes a race a certain amount for a, a certain length of time. And what a great opportunity for not only you guys, but for them to jump on board and, and, and get some PR out of this. Absolutely. And, and we, we conveyed mm-hmm. the, the importance of Valley Inn Road to this race and I think they really saw that and were blown away by the impact of, of their construction and uh, and also the return of it. Yeah. Uh, so when Valley Inn Re- Road returned, uh, there was some great feedback and, and certainly they saw um, the value in it. And what did they do to help you out? Well, they brought uh, Obi, which is their mini train and that uh, was a great addition in our finish line shoot. And uh, also they provided some engineer hats, which were highly sought <laughs> after. Um, and all our managers got to wear those. And so we were kind of the engineers behind the race. What a great idea. Mm-hmm. Now, any chances they may keep going in future years with you? We hope. And yeah. so, of course, uh, we're always in discussions. Um, trains have always actually been part of the race. Uh, when it was when our route was on Cannon Road, <laughs> or Cannon, uh, sorry, it, you know, it did play a role as well in 2014. But uh, so they, they certainly know that... Uh, um, you know, their their trains are part of our race. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's right, whether planned or not. Exactly. <laughs> um, what does uh, Tourism Hamilton do for you guys? How does this how does this uh, synergy work? 
Well, you know what? I think we're all promoting the city uh, when we have a special event or a major event in the city, and we all work together, the hotels, the businesses, the restaurants. Um, actually, this year, I invited restaurants to uh, help us uh, celebrate our volunteers by providing a, a gift certificate um, mm-hmm. to, to honor our volunteers for, for donating their time. And that was a great way to not only highlight some of the restaurants that are in the city uh, on our website and, and through our communications, because um, everyone's looking for where to eat. So uh, mm-hmm. that was a great opportunity to showcase some of the, the great places to eat in Hamilton, which is growing. Uh, yes, it is, really. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about that in the sense that there's a lot of people that go to this race annually. They come back year after year after year. Do, they see, do, you, do you hear any comments on how the city is changing and how you just put the restaurants themselves and, and how things have grown in the city over the years? Absolutely. I think, I think there is a movement, yeah. for sure, to yeah. Hamilton, um, not only in uh, real estate, but in um, our entertainment, like Supercrawl mm-hmm. and, and uh, the restaurants. There's so many uh, great places to eat and uh, I, I think it's refreshing. Yeah. Uh, how do you explain the growth and and this event just taking off every year? It seems to grow every year. Uh, it, it seems to go beyond a race. Uh, and now, obviously, with the city growing around it, too, that obviously helps. But how do you explain the interest in this event? Well, I, I think certainly the history. It's, mm-hmm. you know, um, first run in 1894, so three years before the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And runners are, are loyal, and um, and they love the history and the rich tradition and the community support, like the Grim Reaper yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, the choir that sings on Plains Road and the, the pots and pans on, uh, on the beach strip. So I think a lot of that has to do with it. So... Uh, we welcome the new, fresh ideas, but we also value the tradition and uh, the great loyalty from the, the community. Where can you take this? Where can you go with this? How, how, can, you know, because the race can only get so big, can't it? I mean, how, there's like 10,000 participants now. How yeah. many participants? Well, you know what? I, I don't know that we want to grow too much, mm-hmm. um, but we certainly want to continue to provide a quality race, a great mm-hmm. race experience, a great Hamilton experience. And I think for that, uh, that will be its tradition and its history that its legacy, I I guess, uh, over the years. Um, But you know what? There's something to be said about this medium-sized race because I've been to many that are a lot bigger, Mm -hmm. and uh, you kind of do lose something. Um, This is a a great city that also has a, a community feel to it. Uh, that being said, is the opportunity to expand this in the events that go on around the race, whether it's functions, this, that, or, or the other, as, as opposed to the race itself? So turning the whole thing into a weekend event as opposed to a, a, a daily event? Yeah, it's, it's almost on its way there anyway. Uh, so we have an expo on the Friday and yeah. the Saturday. And uh, we've actually incorporated kids races on the Saturday where um, kids can run through the finish line. And so get that, yeah. that sense of um, accomplishment coming through the finish line and getting that photo op, of course, but then also seeing what their parents or their loved ones are doing as well and, and hopefully inspiring the next generation to take up the sport and, and to be part of this. The event. ending is one of the best parts of this, just simply because everybody comes in a cop's coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, just explain the feeling and what goes on as people come across the finish line, because even if you don't want to participate in this, it's always cool to go down race day and just sit in, co- or, uh, in First Ontario Centre yes. and watch it all go down. It's quite a, it's amazing to see because everyone that crosses the finish line you know there's a different story there absolutely and and some of the elite athletes too have said this is uh, an experience that is so unique
unique that yeah. they've uh, rarely come across something as 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 energetic as that. Um, all the people can can come in, cheer you on. You hear your name over the speaker. You can see the the videotape uh, of you running. Well, you can't see it, but yeah. the, the crowd can. Um, so there's a lot of buildup, and that and that energy stays in that room. In Does that, any, in that arena. obviously you're a racer. You've done this. Do you, are, are, is there any city that does something like that? I mean, how did this all come about? Enter or exiting or ending the race there, having the finish line inside. Well, you know what? It's uh, it was kind of um, lucky yeah. <laughs> that the opportunity to uh, that the venue was available, and you know what it. You know, March is usually yeah. cold, yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. it was a great opportunity to kind of let the uh, spectators have a, a warm place to watch, and it just all made sense and kind of fell into place, and we were not turning back. All right, as uh, you head forward into uh, the next race and the next several years, what can people look forward to? You know what? We have a lot of great ideas. You know, uh, one of the things that we want to kind of celebrate is how many times people have done the Bay Race. So I met someone just uh, at the Mississauga Marathon who ran it 25 years in a row. Wow. So he's going to run his 26th. And, of course, um, we're celebrating our 124th anniversary. So that means a big milestone yeah. anniversary is coming up in 2019. So we have some uh, surprises in store. What about the 125th? Yeah, exactly. That's in 2019. Yes. So you've got lots of planning in the future lots for that as well. Lots of ideas. Yeah. Good for you. If people want to find out more about this race, where can we go? Uh, bayrace.com. And actually, we have an early bird uh, on registration rates that ends May 31st. Do people actually sign up this far in advance? We have, uh, so far, we have about almost 700 people already signed up. Is that right? Yeah. Good for but, them. And, uh, and our relays are really popular. They sell out in the fall, so yeah. certainly I would recommend uh, signing up early. And you know, the earlier you sign up, the more you have that discipline to train well, as well. Well, then you're committed. It's, that's it. Yeah, that's you're it. committed. Uh, any advice for people who are thinking about trying this race or even like the 5K, anything? Go what, for it. What advice do you have for them? You know what? Um, I think... Uh, just getting to the start line. Yeah. If you can get to the start line, the race sells itself. Um, but really, it's a, a historic race. You got it. So many people have told me it's on their bucket list. Yeah. Well, scratch it off your bucket list because yeah. it's it's, a, it's one for. And for it's sure. a buzz just to be down there and watch the experience happen if you don't participate. Anna Lewis has been with us, race director around the Bay Road Race. Anna, thank you very much for the time. Good luck next year. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to three on AM 900 CHML. It is Salute to Tourism from uh, Tourism Hamilton. And this is just a great opportunity for the people in tourism from Tourism Hamilton to uh, showcase all of the great businesses and uh, individuals that uh, come through this city and do their best to promote it to uh, people as they exit. Conventions, uh, all all sorts of tourism. And specifically what we're going to talk about this break is sport tourism. Joining us is Alana Henderson, uh, tourism development specialist, and Sharon Murphy, business development consultant, tourism sales, and both with us now. Thank you for joining us. Great to see you, ladies. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Uh, it amazes me, Sharon, how much this thing grows every year. And, and the people you bring in and the testimonials that they give about, uh, it's just amazing how uh, the city's almost selling itself now. It, this Pretty soon you guys will be out of job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but it's uh, amazing how it's grown, is it not? This is our fifth year with 900 CHML, and um, it's been nothing but brilliant. Our waiting list now is is happening. People do want to come on air to speak to Bill Kelly, Scott yeah. Thompson, to talk about everything good about tourism from our stakeholders, from our external stakeholders. So it's just been a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for tourism and, and to showcase tourism during National Tourism Awareness Week. And, of course, a big part of that, Atlanta, is sport and sport tourism. Explain that. 
Yeah, most definitely. Um, Hamilton is definitely a hotbed for sport. Yeah. Um, we're seeing more and more sporting events every year. Um, we have very close relationships with our local sport groups. For instance, last year we had over 90 sporting events, and this year alone we have 86 to date. So it is just growing tremendously. And again, that's having those relationships with our local people to have those annual tournaments, which are very successful, and then also bidding on other provincial and national opportunities. So this is everything from something as large as a Pan Am Games all the way down to a tournament that would come in. Most uh, definitely. Yeah, we're seeing sport. A little league tournament. Uh, yep, everything counts here. Yeah. Uh, we have regional, uh, local level, provincial, national, and like you say, um, up to the Pan Am level as well. So we're seeing all sorts of different events coming to Hamilton, and they want to come here. And I guess, obviously, with the increase in hotel rooms that we've seen in the downtown core, that must be helping a lot as well. Yes, for sure. Our accommodation sector is has grown, and that's helped us tremendously. Um, people are coming to look for a fantastic sport facility, as well as having that hotel sector. Um, we now have a, our culinary scene is booming, so we have the full package, and sport organizers are just excited to come here. It's changing so quickly. How do you keep them updated? Because again, you know, as I had one guest that came in and said he wanted to have their convention back again next year because in two years it's changed so much. Yeah, and I mean exactly it. it you know, we try to keep um, that close relationship with our with our clients and mm-hmm. educate them on all the changes and, and upcoming things in Hamilton, and they're excited for that. So we keep that dialogue going and we work together on bidding on things to make it happen. What's the difference in in marketing towards sport tourism or some other sort of tourism, whether it's, you know, the falls, this, that, or the other, the museums or such? How do you do it differently with in regard to sport? So the work that Alana does is with the actual organizers of the events. So mm-hmm. their, her role is to a sales role is to yeah. promote the ha- to promote Hamilton and everything that we have to offer, including all the facilities and venues and, and, and accommodations. And then once that is successful, then it is passed on to our coordinator, who in turn would handle all the visitor services side of it. So it's those attendees that are coming in for the actual tournament where we are p- pushing out all of our tourism product. So the waterfalls information is, is pushed out. Our restaurants scene, our attractions to those attendees that are coming in. And that's amazing that you people do that. I mean, and we've had conventions that come in here and, and have said, you know, yeah, we, they helped us with all this and organize it. But then once we were here, then they were set up a table and told people, oh, here's all the great things. Because when you, when you think about it, it's great for them, but it's also a huge opportunity for you guys because you've got a captive audience there. And it's continuous selling, continuous. Yeah. And then there also is those attendees that are here in Hamilton for the first time and they say hey I should be bringing my sporting event here I belong to ABC hockey team yeah I should be looking at bringing a tournament here so are we talking mostly little league type stuff I mean I've got two kids and I know what hockey tournaments are like is that (laughs) what we're talking about well again we we have all sorts of levels little league um, we've you know this past March we actually had the Ontario coaches conference come in uh, second year that Hamilton's hosted it. So we had mm-hmm. um, a forum of coaches that came and we had over 325 delegates mm. and they came and enjoyed themselves. We were the second largest conference in 11 years. Um, so again, if it's an event, a championship, um, at any level, uh, a meeting, convention from a sport perspective, um, sky's the limit. I've asked uh, some of the uh, people that work in, in, in what you're doing this question, if you had a wish list, to, to help you in any way that you could take to your clients and sell what would you want at one time it was we needed more restaurants one time it was we needed more hotel rooms what's the wish list now what what does hamilton need to take this over the top 
Well, I, to be quite honest, I think we're well on our way. Yeah. Um, I think from an athletic facility standpoint, you know, from whether it's McMaster University, Mohawk College, First Ontario Centre, um, our city facilities, we've got the accommodations, um, more to come hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, as well as all the arts, uh, the culinary side, like that is definitely booming. So I think we kind of have the full package and we're really just trying to make people aware of that. And I'm guessing that this has been out of all the tourism, sport tourism has probably been stable for some years with it being a sport town. I'm guessing there's lots of tournaments that go on here and have been for many years. Yes, we have several that are on an annual basis, very successful. Um, our local sport works, groups work very hard and we continue those um, events with them and then like I said um, sit and work with them to encourage them to bring other events um, we work well with our provincial sport bodies as well as our national sport how do bodies. you promote this how do you how do you get the word out well that's exactly it it's getting the word out um, you know Hamilton is definitely you know a buzz and yeah. this do you notice that now because I'm hearing oh, that sure. a lot it's like for oh, sure as opposed to nah, I don't think so it's oh yeah tell me more about that yeah I think we've really encouraged Turned the corner people to come to Hamilton and their eyes are open they want to come um, so whether it's having you know meeting with our stakeholders meeting with the sport groups attending conferences trade shows to really get the word out if you're planning some sort of sporting event a conference a tournament what have you uh, and you're interested in this area what do we do well, uh, definitely I want to, I'd love to speak with people, anybody that's involved with um, an event, a championship, a tournament, go to the Tourism Hamilton website, which is www.tourismhamilton.com. Mm -hmm. uh, check the Sport Tourism uh, webpage and contact Is it still a lot of competition with Toronto? Is that still the main rivalry, so to speak? Um, you know, but I, now I, it just seems to be two totally different fish. So people we are. aren't do people aren't we are. comparing the two anymore. It seems. I don't think so. I think which people is, which is are very positive, and I think people are just interested in coming to Hamilton because yeah. we've definitely made a name for ourselves. And there's a lot of historical roots with sports in Hamilton. Yeah, very true. And that's that's a big draw for us, and we do market that accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alana Henderson has been with us, tourism development specialist, sport tourism, and Sharon Murphy, business development consultant, tourism sales all part of uh, this great organization which does uh, everything it can to promote business and tourism within this city. Thank you very much. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.